National Football League ruined a great thing. The NFL draft used to be a Saturday-Sunday affair. Two great days now spread out over three days. Around one prime time time and... I think Saturday they start in the uh, yeah. they start in the they got to get the you know, those four rounds in oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. you know all those uh, fifth sixth cuts. and seventh round picks well all the trades that all these teams are going to be making mm-hmm. in the in the later rounds they got to make sure that there's uh, an abundance of time to get those done joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline he is a friend and a foe to this show it is our guy uh, Mike Giardi and we talk a little NFL draft with Giardi and Weei's coverage of the NFL draft presented by D'Angelo's Grill. Sandwiches, interested in owning your own D'Angelo restaurant, visit D'Angelo's.com backslash franchising for more info. And by Zudi, build any app your company needs in a week. Visit Z-U-D-Y.com for your free trial. And Keith, how about this? Mike Giardi gets to go to New York City and Ooh. hang out with the Jets. Giardi, how are you, friend? Well, more to the point, it's beautiful Florham Park, New Jersey, that I'll be hanging out um, for the uh, best better part of four days and nights. So uh, it's exciting. You know, New Jersey tends to smell really good this time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a uh, nice spot. You got a nice Hampton Inn, something like that down there in uh, <laughs> Florham Park. You got the... The best Western all cornered down there. <laughs> so, yeah, the best Western, man. Yeah, that's uh, top notch in, in in that area of the, of, the, uh, of, of the state. Mike, it seems like nobody wants a top 10 pick in this year's draft. <laughs> is, that, is that fair? <laughs> I don't think that that's entirely true, but certainly, look, the, the top part of this draft does, you know, without the quarterbacks – is lacking some sizzle. And I think when you talk to people around the league, I mean, yeah, you've got five or six names that you feel pretty certain will be picked in the top 10, but that's pretty wide open after that. Right. You know, like uh, I think there'll be some surprises in that top 10, top 15 of people that you just didn't think would, would be selected that high, but that's just kind of the draft that it is. And, you know, everything always traces back to the quarterbacks in this class is, not nearly what it's been in the last few years. Now, I look at uh, Carolina at number six, Mike, and say, okay, they're going to draft Malik Willis. It's not going to work. And in two years, everybody down there is going to get fired. Do you think Carolina <laughs> is a mortal lock in some way, shape, or form to come away with a quarterback either in the draft or maybe trading for an established veteran like Baker Mayfield? Yeah, look, I, I know for a fact that they've contacted teams about moving back, and I think it probably makes sense because taking a quarterback at six uh, with this class is too high. Um, but if you could sort of shuffle back into the late teens, even in the early 20s, and then because they don't have another pick until I think it's 137, so they go from six to 137, if they can fill in the gap there, I think they'd love to do it because, quite frankly, they're a bad team and they need more players. So they, they have a, an ability maybe to acquire some more players by making a deal. But, you know, like, hey, if you take uh, Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis at 2021, 20, 22, um, that makes a whole lot more sense to me than taking one at six. I mean, I, I, when you talk to people around the league who who've studied these quarterbacks as much as they have, and when the best rating they give one of these guys is like, ah, maybe he's the 27th to 28th best player in the draft. Um, you know, that should tell you all you need to know. But of course, you know, after round one, there'll be three or four quarterbacks picked because they always get overdrafted. Would Mac Jones be the first quarterback taken in this year's draft? Yeah. 
yeah, I don't, I don't even think there's any question about it. You know, he obviously people look at Willis and there's, you know, some, some considerable upside there because of the athlete that he has and because of the arm that he has, but you know, playing at a lower level of competition when he did play against higher levels of competition, especially this past year, the tape wasn't very good. Um, he's, he's definitely a project, you know, and if two or three years down the line, he becomes a, a borderline top 10 quarterback. It wouldn't surprise me, but the idea that he's going to come in right away and be your savior, um, that would surprise me. Mike Giardi of NFL Network talking draft with Gresham Keefe here on WEI. And of course, our network of stations all across New England and anytime, anywhere on the Odyssey app. Because obviously Patriot fans should be paying attention. How much interest do you think there is from the Jets in Debo Samuel? They're in a tricky spot because if they give up four or ten, Joe Douglas is nuts. But they have those two second-round picks that they did supposedly offer to Kansas City for Tyree Kill. So do you think the Jets are going to be hot to trot on Debo Samuel? I think the Jets would love the idea of Debo Samuel on their football team. But from what I've been told, at least thus far, I mean, four is definitely not on the table, but 10 isn't either. Um, you know, and, and when they made the offer to Kansas City for Tyreek Hill, it was their second rounders yep. that they had put in there and not the first rounders. I, I think that they really want to keep a hold on four and ten. Um, you know, look, they could get creative. You could take ten, trade back, pick up a couple more picks, and a, a later first and a and a, a second, and then take that later first and flip it for Samuel. But I think they ideally want to keep those two picks because they see an opportunity to get impact players for a team. Again, that's had a good off season. I think, I think they've done a, they have had a really good plan this off season. And I think they've done a good job of spending their money wisely on, on, on good players and not really overpaying except for maybe Lake and Tomlinson. But you know, that's the going price for a, for a, a pro bowl offensive lineman. But in general, I think they've had a good plan in place and add a couple more players to that. You know, they could start getting a little dangerous if, of course, the quarterback can play, which mm. is, you know, a big question for a lot of these young, younger, uh, underperforming teams. I'm still a little confused about Debo wanting out of San Francisco because it doesn't sound like it's about money, which is usually what why players want out. And, and what I had read, Mike, maybe you know more about this, is that he doesn't love the usage, even though he gets the ball in every single possession. So if he went somewhere else, would he still be open to being half running back, half wide receiver and, and getting the million touches that he does? Or is that something that he wants to change, which I would assume then his value would go down. I think people are in his ear about the, the idea of, you know, the usage rate that they had for you over the last 10, 11 games is really not sustainable. If you want to be in this league for 10, 12, 15 years, you know, you're, you're a wide receiver first and foremost, and a pretty good one at that. And you're better off if you're not lining up in the backfield and getting 10, 12, 15 touches and having to run through the big boys, the 300 pounders, looking to take your head off and having to run for tough yards in the goal line, which he, he did very well this year. Um, so I think that's certainly part of it. I think it's he's looking at the, his career lifespan saying, you know, I'm a couple more of those carries away from maybe not being as explosive a player, maybe not getting the kind of money I want, maybe not getting that the next contract on top of this one. So I think there's some, there's some work to be done on, on their sides. I think the other thing that there's been some rumblings about it, nothing concrete is that maybe he just doesn't like playing in San Francisco. Maybe that's not a city for him. You know, he's, he's from the South. Maybe he wants to come closer to that area. I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've heard a couple people sort of float that theory. Um, nothing from his camp. 
But, you know, we, we, we often just assume guys that get drafted, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Well, you know, maybe not. Maybe that's just not a, not a place that he likes or, or a place he envisions his future to be. Mike Giardi of NFL Network here with Gresham Keith. Is there a possible run on a position early in this draft that could end up affecting the teams that are down towards 20 and 21? We know it's not going to be quarterback. I know there's a lot of edge guys out there. There's also a lot of really good offensive tackles that are out there as well. Do you think we're going to get a run on any position, Mike, or is this just a year where that's not going to be as big a factor? Seems like the consensus is building that there's going to be a run on wide receivers. And I think most teams will tell you that there are five first round wide receivers in this draft, but you're seeing, you know, mocks where there's seven or eight getting taken in the first round. And I think some of that is the reaction to what's happened here in the off season in the last month or so with some of these crazy contracts being thrown out to the wide receivers and, um, you know, two of the better ones essentially forcing their way out of town in, in Tyreek Hill and, and Devontae Adams. So, and now, you know, Debo appears to be maybe the next in line for that. So, you know, the idea of getting a rookie wide receiver, at least getting three years before they want to uh, have their deal ripped up and get massive money makes a lot of sense for, for some of these teams. It's, it's also why, you know, someone like Kadarius Tony, who's, whose name has been floating out there, um, who was a first round pick last year. And, you know, there's baggage there with that player, but why, teams would be interested if in fact the Giants say yeah he is absolutely for sale if you want to buy him come get him because they already paid him the big money for the first year with the bonus essentially you could pick up a a first round talent for three years and six million dollars and then decide if you want to pick up the option so um, I think wide receiver makes a lot of sense just based on the economics of the league especially over these last month last two months whatever it is. Mike, do you think the Patriots on Thursday night are more likely to draft at 21 or trade down? I think depending on the way the board falls, I think I can see them staying staying pat at 21 um, because, like I said, if, if there all of a sudden is a run on wide receivers and one of these, you know, choice offensive linemen falls down to them that they like, or maybe a big beefy guy on the inside, a Jordan Davis type falls and they like that player. You'd be wise to stick, you know, I mean, go back to the Vince Wilfork draft, right? I don't think Vince Wilfork was, they ever thought Vince Wilfork was going to end up in their lap. And then when he did, it was like, they couldn't get to the, to the, you know, turn in the card fast enough. I think there could be a similar situation happening on, on Thursday, if in fact, you know, a couple of these quarterbacks get drafted higher than they should. And then there's a run on, on a position, particularly wide receiver that could push a, a good player back that maybe you would have thought is going into the, you know, the mid teens, all of a sudden is sitting there at 21. But then the flip side is that, and this has sort of been the case for, I don't even know how many drafts in a row you can have guys tell you this, you know, the strength of the draft again is the depth, you know, between 15 and, and 65 or 15 and 75, whatever the number you want to say is. And if you're at 21 and your next pick's not till 54, do you say, Hey, if we go back eight spots and say flip out with Kansas city, you, you know, whatever, they might want a wide receiver. Maybe they want a pass rusher. You slide back eight spots and maybe you pick up a second rounder or an early third rounder. And now you give yourself a little bit more capital to play around in the second round or, or find some players. Cause that is a long time. I mean, 21 to 54 is a long time to watch a lot of good football players go off the board. Uh, and the more chips you have and the more 
opportunities you have to throw some darts at some good players like they did last year, trading up to get Barmore in the second round, it makes a lot of sense in that regard. So I think, I guess with them, nothing would surprise me. Uh, I just think it really all depends on how the board falls. In every draft, there's a player that sinks like a stone. Do you got a prediction on that, Giardi? Feels like a lot of people are pointing to Kayvon Thibodeau, but I'm curious for your thought. I don't think Thibodeau gets out of the top ten. I think there are a couple teams in New York that really like him. Um, So whether it's the Jets at four, the Giants at five or seven, or even if for some reason he gets down to ten, that that might be the spot for him again with the Jets. I think I think the Kobe Dean, the linebacker from Georgia, is one of the best ten to fifteen players in this draft. But he's five eleven. He's two hundred and twenty nine pounds. He didn't test, so people are wondering about his athleticism. And I could totally see him falling out of the first round. I think whoever gets him, if he falls out of the first round, is going to be really happy. I think he's a tremendous football player. I think if you just you know, that's one of those ones where you just, just watch the guy play. He was the best defensive player on that team last year. And, yeah, it helps sometimes when you have these big guys in front of you. But his instincts, his speed sideline to sideline, that dude's a stud. Um, you know, there's been some comps, guys like Jonathan Vilma. I mean, I, I, if I knew that guy was going to be Jonathan Vilma for six, seven years, sign me up. Yeah. Mike, we haven't talked to you in a while, so I wanted to get your take on the whole Tom Brady fiasco from this offseason and then the thoughts about well they're still leaving the door open for Miami next year and and everything else I know he restructured his deal but he's still a free agent after this one so how do you think it plays out with Tom Brady I I totally expect him to be uh if he plays football next year I totally expect him to be in Miami um I think the way that whole thing was handled and we've kind of been over this you know the the clunkily uh, handled retirement, um, you know, after then blaming the media, then blaming the media again, saying he felt pressured to do it. He's Tom Brady. Like, can stop with the excuses. You can do whatever you want, whenever you want, and most people are going to write it off and say, he's Tom Brady, let him do what he wants. Uh, I don't know why they tried to spin it that way, um, but I think a lot of smart people have done reporting on this, and I think if you just read the tea leaves, I think it's pretty clear that he's hoping to end up in Miami. He was probably hoping to end up in Miami this year. And that to credit Tampa Bay, I guess, who said, you know, if you're, again, if you're reading the tea leaves, it seems like Tampa Bay just said, yeah, dude, if you're playing football for anybody this year, it's going to be for us. So you want to play? We'll open the door. We'll, we'll try to bring back as many people as we possibly can. Uh, and, and we'll run it back one more time. But um, yeah, I think, I think Tom has eyeballs on Miami and, and playing football there. So Mike, Mc, so Mike McDaniel, that wow. makes Mike McDaniel the uh, the uh, if because if Brady goes there, McDaniel's gone. They're going to get Sean Payton in there or someone like that. So that would make it the ninth first time head coach that would get booted from Miami. But at least you're doing it this time for Tom Brady. Like, yeah, I mean, or if Mike if McDaniel has a good year, then and maybe Tom sees that. I mean, mm. look, there's. I know, I know. Who, who knows? Who knows? And who knows? Maybe Sean gets into this, you know, this the media world and realizes, wait, I'm making ten million dollars, and I don't have to, I don't have to work until two in the morning and get up at six and uh, drink bad coffee and eat bad pizza and <laughs> like, you know, there's sometimes those guys they step out of it and yeah, they miss the competition, but then they realize, man, I, 
I'm not really working that hard for my money. <laughs> True. And that's, that's a, that's a pretty nice thing to have. I mean, look at you, Gresh, you're just, you're sitting pretty. I mean, you, <laughs> you know, know I, I, I'm <laughs> just wondering when, when the well, shot was going to be fired there. Uh, Mike Giardi of NFL network, breaking down some draft. He'll be uh, covering the jets staying at the do drop in out in New Jersey, <laughs> covering the uh, New York jets. Hey, uh, Giardi. Thank you, brother. We appreciate it. Uh, safe travels. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I'll send you a postcard, Gresh. <laughs> I, I hope so. I, I hope you do, because I, I have a, a photo to send right back to you. But then again, I've probably done it to you in person. <laughs> See you, buddy. There goes Mike Giardi of Thanks, NFL Mike. Network, who is uh, with us on the Harbor One Hotline. And again, WEEI's coverage of the NFL draft presented by D'Angelo Grill Sandwiches and by Zudi.